0: Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, once again, it is just a privilege to come around the Word of God and have a fellowship around the revealed weight. Now, I hope that the Lord is keeping you very well and preserving you, especially in this uh, season. Uh, I'm going to speak on the sin of cynicism. The sin of cynicism is what I want to speak about tonight. Uh, but before we get anywhere, let's just bow for the word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for the time that you have granted to us to be able to come around the weight and have a fellowship dear God. And Lord, may you anoint my lips. May you anoint the lips of those that will listen. May whatever is going to be spoken here be inspired by you and be guided by the Holy Ghost. It is our desire that it should be a blessing to whoever would listen as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I said I want to speak on the scene of cynicism. That's what I want to speak about. And for the reading of the word, we're just going to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, the chapter will be the first chapter, and the first verse, and the second verse. It reads in this manner, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Israel. This is just the background of this preacher that we are going to look at tonight. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Israel. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Now, I like how he is being introduced as these are the words of the preacher, the son of David, a king in Jerusalem, but the opening statement of his sermon is, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Now, we know that the book of Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, the greatest king in Israel after David, a man under whose reign Israel never even fought the battle because people were afraid of Israel. A man who was known to have asked directly from God to grant him the wisdom that whatever he spoke was inspired by the wisdom that God had bestowed upon him. Now, when you read about this man, although he came during the time that we call the golden age era, but the opening statement of this preacher is quite cynical for lack of a better word. And we are going to look at how sometime as an individual... When you are engulfed by this spiritual sickness, that I would want to call it, the spiritual sickness called cynicism, your uh, your you your your view, and your disposition of life is somewhat going to be uh, darkened or compromised, and maybe let me define what the cynicism is the dictionary says it is an attitude of scornful or jaded negativity especially a general distrust of the integrity or professed motives of others now i guess we have come across people that are cynical And at some point in time, even ourselves became cynical. And cynical is a sense, a lot of times cynicism comes after betrayal, after discouragement, after trial. It's somewhat to make you to be just cynical about everything. And and, And it makes you develop a mistrust in people. Every person that you meet, you somewhat doubt their in true intentions. It, it makes you to have a general mistrust. But again, what causes cynicism, it's something on the flip side, is when you've got a standard, a high standard. But as you have that high standard, it makes you develop cynicism because cynicism makes you to have a standard but not help the people to meet the standard that you think you have. We are going to unpack what we mean by that. So let me give an example. Let's say you are trustworthy. That's your high standard. Then you meet people and you assume that no one is trustworthy because they cannot meet your standard. And cynicism makes you not to help them to change, to be trustworthy as you are. It makes you to be dismissive and say, it is what it is. People cannot be trusted. Now, uh, when you bring it to Christianity, and especially to the message of the hour, we, we have a high standard of holiness. But the challenge is that our high standard of holiness can make us to be cynical to the people that we are meant to help. Now, here's a preacher we just read Being invited, imagine being invited to a convention, and they introduce this preacher and say, This is the preacher, the son of David, a king in is a a king in Jerusalem. Then the sermon, the entire sermon for the convention, is vanity of vanities, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And we are going to look into what and unpack the book of Ecclesiastes, but move and look into. Other characters, including Brother Brenham, and later on looking even at ourselves as Christians. Now, a cynic is a person who expects nothing but the waste of human conduct and motives. Brethren, we live during a time where most of us spiritually, we have been wounded. We've been disappointed. And that is why wherever you go, you find people saying church people and some take it further message people behind that statement a lot of times if it is not deception that statement is driven by hate is driven by disappointment is driven by discouragement now now i say cynicism is the pandemic of our time we live during a time where they speak about a pandemic but one of the pandemics is cynicism it is highly contagious especially in the body of christ now if a king like solomon was not immune from cynicism and him being a preacher and him being a wise man was not uh, immune from cynicism who 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 are we we are going to look even in the life of Brother Brenham that he as well became cynical and per adventure somebody may be delivered from the spirit of cynicism. Now, let me look, check, tell you how Brother Brenham dealt with a cynic or cynicism in his ministry. We look at the time in this quotation, Adoption, paragraph 141. Adoption, paragraph 141. The prophet says, I went after a brother not long ago. He had, he had went astray. A young fellow said it to me, said, let that rascal go, let him alone. Do you, do you hear the spirit of cynicism? Let that rascal go, let him alone. Have nothing to do with that brother. How many times even in the message of the hour where we found a way to give up on a brother and not assist the brother in his error and not assist the brother in his imperfections because somewhat we were dismissive and that being that dismissal was caused by the spirit of cynicism. Let's get on with the quotation. I said, "Is the prophet to the cynic, I said, if I ever get to a place that my heart don't go with my brother, then it's time for me to go to the altar because I have fallen from grace. Now, cynicism will make you fall from grace. I said, as lo- I will go as long as he's got breath in his body. And I will catch him somewhere along the line. Yes, sir. And I caught him. Hallelujah. Brought him back. Yes, say. He's back in the fault safely now. Yes, he would have gone astray as sure as the world. Brother Branham says, I didn't give up on the brother, despite a cynic saying, leave that rascal alone. He says, as long as there is still breath in the body of my brother, I'm going to go after him. Now, I can imagine the brother that said this to Brother Branham and regarded another brother as a rascal he must have, have had solid reasons why he called him a rascal. A rascal is somebody that is dishonest. There must have been something that this man made that made this brother to think that we are wasting our time. It is what it is. He's dishonest. Let him alone. And my question would be, how many people have we given up on them? We as message believers that have got a higher standard, and we say, leave him alone. It's, it is, he is what he is. He is. She is what he is, he is. There is nothing that we can do about it. Now, we are failing to respond. How brother Branham responded. He said, as long as there is a breath in my brother, I am going after my brother. Now, let us look at another Bible character. And I'm going to come back to Solomon, the preacher. But I want to look at it how somebody that was subjected to a prolonged trial, how during that trial, that individual, Job, developed a spirit of cynicism, cynicism towards God and cynicism towards even the brother that had to help him. Now, Job, in Job chapter 23, verse 16, he says, God has discouraged me. This, this doesn't even sound right. God would never go out of his own way to discourage his child. He says, the Almighty has filled me with terror. Now, this was an individual that was speaking from a cynical point of view that was triggered by uh, his trial. And how many today, where well, we are going through, the trial. The whole world, as we are speaking, is going through a trial. Individuals are going through trials. Pastors are going through trials. My question is that the era in which we find ourselves in, is it going to trigger a sense of gratitude or is going to trigger a sense of cynicism? cynical about God, cynical about the weight, cynical about fellow believers, what will this season trigger within you? The trial of Job triggered for a man to say, God, discourage me. I think for me, this is just an oxymoron. There is no way that God can discourage a worshiper. God has got the weight and will always encourage a worshiper. But the cynicism will twist the view of a worshiper towards God to be negative. And we are going to unpack all this that I'm speaking about. But let me uh, uh, maybe to just to give you an overview of people that became cynical before I zoom into individuals and as well as getting into the quotations. Now, the prophet says, or rather... These are the Bible characters that became cynical. Job became cynical towards God, and this was triggered by a trial. Solomon became cynical towards life, and this is an individual in whose life I'm going to zoom in. Jonah became cynical towards the people of Nineveh. Nathanael, when he was told about the Messiah by Philip, he became cynical towards Nazareth. Is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? The elder brother became cynical, cynical towards the prodigal son. When he came back, he doubted the motive of the repentance of the prodigal son and simply dismissed it as another episode of his dishonesty. How many of us, in the message of the hour, Where we have dismissed the people, and we just said this is another episode of dishonesty, as we have read from the previous quotation. Where brother told Brother Brenham, the prophet of the age, that had the gift of discernment, he says to him, Leave that rascal alone. But I'm glad the prophet say, I will not give up on my brother. Let me come back to Solomon to the book of Ecclesiastes. Remember. The opening, and maybe just to dramatize it, the opening statement of his convention where he was preaching the preacher, the son of David, a king in Jerusalem, he's just started by saying vanity of vanities. And I believe God allowed the book of Ecclesiastes to be there because somewhat, despite him being cynical, there is an element of truth in what he spoke about. Now, let us look. He speaks about his background in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 from verse 4 to verse 8. says, I enlarged my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself, and I planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made pounds of water for myself from which to irrigate a forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves, and I, I had home slaves. Also, I possessed flocks and heads larger than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. Also, I collected for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I provided myself male, females, singers, and the pleasures of men and many concubines. Remember, this man had married uh, 800 or 700 wives and had 300 concubines. And later he said, who can find a virtuous woman? Now, he's, he's telling you about his CV, what he had achieved, that his achievements eclipsed the achievements of any king that came before him. And I need to submit that maybe even kings that came after him. Now, but despite that, he had a dim view of life. Listen to what he says. "I I conclude the dead are better off than the living. And the day you die is better than the day you are born. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. Look at uh, what I would call a pessimistic view towards life. By this, this is not just an ordinary man. He's a preacher. This is not an ordinary. That is why preachers have got to be careful because sometimes as you fight your own internal battles, sometimes you can go behind the pulpit and preach to the people and not preach your truth, but end up preaching your wounds. Now, let us look at this preacher. Now, imagine, and I said a cynic is somebody that is just pessimistic. A cynic is somebody that you will give them a bunch of flowers and they will smell and how pleasant the smell of those flowers are. And the cynic will turn around and say where is the coffin? He wouldn't turn around and say who's waiting, whose gift is this? Because it's, it's, it's cynicism makes you pessimistic and makes you negative. That's why. Listen to what he says. He says I conclude the dead are better off than the living, and the day you die is better than the day you are born. You better spend your time at funerals than parties. After all, everyone. Dies this looks at a a preacher that had disengaged. I'm I'm just painting a picture of what cynicism is, and later on we're gonna migrate to what are the after effects of cynicism, especially in your individual life. Now, let's carry on. He comes, he says, He had no peace of mind, at least chapter 2, verse 23. For all his days, his work is painful and sorrowful. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is vanity, worthless. Now, I want to contrast a statement where Brother Branham says a human heart was made to be happy. I don't think in this, in this disposition that Solomon had would have embraced that statement that a human heart was made to be happy. Let's carry on. But I'm glad that despite the pessimism that is dominated the book of Ecclesiastes, cynicism, it does not end there. I'm glad that towards the end he snaps out of it. And when he snapped out of it, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 18, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of me. He says, After I've achieved this, the source of my happiness, the source or the remedy of my cynicism, my duty is to worship God. You'll realize that the more you worship God and the more you've got a better connection with God, the more your cynicism drops. And every individual that you meet, You don't become cynical to them. Every individual that you meet, your greatest desire is that, Oh Lord, can't I just help this individual to come to the level where I am? You're not dismissive. I am getting into some other things and looking at the life of Brother Brenham. Now, let us look at how William Brenham's perception of a sinner changed. And how the angel himself changed Brother Brenham's cynicism towards a sinner. We know that he, it was during a time where he was in a shop and he sees this old woman who was in skimpy clothes and had young boys around. And they were smoking and drinking and giggling and gambling. And Brother Branham looked at that and it caused such an offense to him And as we read about it. He says in the message, the demonology, paragraph 229, he says, I thought, oh God, God, why don't you just wipe the thing off the map? Why don't you? Does my little Sharon, my little baby, my little Sarah, my little Rebecca have to be raised up in that generation to come to face such stuff as that? I thought, Look out here in these packs and things and what goes on. I thought, oh God, oh, I'm glad you took Sharon, if it was your will. Does my little Rebecca, little Sarah, have to be raised up under such stuff as that? Wish, and then people call them and sing in the choir and everything. I thought, isn't that a shame? I thought, God, how can your holy righteousness stand it? Look like that, your righteous indignation will fly out there and blow this place up. His brother Brenham is looking at this woman in his mind. He says, God, how can Rebecca Sarah be brought up in this generation? Look at her, why don't you just rain fire and burn up this place? Where is your holy indignation? But look, a lot of times when we are cynical about people, and especially sinners, and especially even our fellow believers, we think God is going to partner with us in our cynicism. Let us look at how God dealt with the cynicism of William Brenham. He says in paragraph 230, same message, demonology. he says, and I heard the angel of the Lord said, come aside. I walked over there, and when he got through with me, I felt like a different person. What are you condemning her for? This is the question that we can ask, especially we message believers. What are we condemning them for? I said a lot of times we condemn because we want to be devoid of the responsibility of helping them to come to our level. Any person that you are cynical towards Is because you have divorced your responsibility on helping them to come to your level. Now, it says, what are you condemning her for? I said, look at that, the way she is. Here is what I can imagine when Brother Bum say, look at her. I can even imagine the expression of disgust on his face when he looked But one thing that he failed to see, he failed to see beyond a sinner and be able to see that beyond this sinner, there is a tormented soul that needs a reconciliation with God. There is a tormented sinner that deserves the same forgiveness that William Branham was granted. Now, he says, I saw a vision. I saw a world like this around another world. But this world here, it had a rainbow around it. And that was the blood of Christ that protects God's wrath. He couldn't look upon that. He would destroy the thing right now because he said, the day you eat thereof, that day you die. So he would do it. Now, God is showing Brother Brennan something there. He's looking at the world, he's looking at the rainbow around the world. Let's carry on. Then he says, in the same message, paragraph two, three, two, then I thought like this: "I seen myself, although I didn't do that, but I was a sinner. This year, I went to pause. This is the man. When he was born, the pillar of fire came over his head. This is the man by the age of seven had the voice of the angel protecting him from defiling himself. But yet he says, I was a sinner. You and I, everyone, we had no pillar of fire over our heads. We are no angel that was there when we were young. We did what we did, and later we came into the message after we repented and experienced the grace of God. But if Brother Brenham compared to us, you could say he was justified to be cynical because he never engaged himself in certain things. But God says, William Brenham, Despite me being there when you were born, despite me speaking to you when you were seven, despite me being present in your life from the beginning of your birth, you are not exempted. You are a sinner saved by grace. Let's carry on here. Then he says, "Then, then I thought like that, like this. I seen myself, although I didn't do that but I was a sinner anyhow. Then the blood of Jesus Christ acts to us like a bumper. See that when I sin, my sin hits him and juts his precious head. And I could see the tears and blood running down. Forgive him father. He don't know what he's doing. And I would do something else. Hit it Forgive him, Father. Hallelujah. You see, see, every time we do something, there is a mediator. Brother Brenham is watching his sins. He never thought... Uh, Hallelujah. I think there was a bit of interruption there. And then God will help us. Now... Apologies about the interruption. Technology, Satan will take advantage of it from time to time. But I'm glad that we are back. Then Brother Brenham says, Then I thought like this. I sinned myself. Although I didn't do that, but I was a sinner. But I was a sinner anyhow. Then the blood of Jesus Christ acts." To us, like a bumper. See that when I seen my sin hit him and judge his precious head, and I could see the tears and blood running down. But let's get to what Brother Brenham speaks about when, after God had condemned him, he goes to the woman. In the same message, demonology, paragraph two four zero, he says, "You know what? That woman slipped out of that city there in that restaurant." We had a prayer meeting like you never had in your life. She came to Christ. What was it? Don't condemn them. Tell them the gospel. This cannot be overemphasized enough. Don't condemn them. Tell them the gospel. They are demon possessed. They are mortals in this realm. They are influenced from over here. Our influence comes from from above. Let's see what we can do with our talents to win others to Christ. So look at how the picture just changed. From condemning the woman, now the picture just changed. Where God showed him that you are you were once in the same position as her. And when he realized that, then he came to the Lord. He spoke. Brother Brahman had to repent and later had to approach the woman only to find that the woman had some struggles. She had the desire to serve God. And right in the place where Brother Brenham thought it should be bent up, they had a prayer meeting where a poor woman was led to Christ. Now, let me carry on with Brother Brenham. Brother Brenham, you know, there was a time where he had gone somewhere. And so in the woods, And after, because he had preached the message and felt rejected, it created a complex in him, and the complex made him to be cynical. Sometimes rejection can make you to be very cynical. Now, let us look at what God said to him. He says in the message, standing in the gap, paragraph 113, so I got up at about four o'clock and God started driving and Billy was sleeping. We went into a place and I was thinking on my mind, you know what? One of these days, as soon as I can get to the wife up there, I won't tell her what I'm going to do, but I'll get up there. Then I'm going to tell her, I love this place so well. No need of us going anywhere else. Let's just stay here. And that's back from civilization, 1100 miles from anywhere, way in the wilderness. I thought, boy, won't that be fine? I won't have to get a haircut. I won't have to dress up. I'll just be a regular mountaineer, what I always wanted to be. And I said I've got some guns, and some people gave me, and I will be a guide like you never heard of. I'll, ju- I'll just love it. Then if the Lord tells me, go down and tell somebody something, I'll run out and tell them and come back and I will help but and we'll really have a, a real place here. I was thinking on that. Rejection made Brother Branham to want to withdraw from the very society that he was meant to help. But let us check what the God said to him. When God came to speak to him, He said, the voice spoke and said, carry out your plans. You will be like that. After he had seen the vision where he was a bum, a hobo, I said, Lord, I don't want to be like that. And the voice said, your wife will go too. She won't live up there in the hills like that. And you will become a bum just as the dream showed you would be. Now, brethren, here, God was warning Brother Branham, your cynicism will not only reduce you to being a hobo, a bum. Your cynicism will even make your wife to leave you. How many of us, there are people that have left us because of our cynicism and people that could have helped us? Now, Look at what brother the, uh, God says. And he said, but th- when brother Brennan said he wanted to be like an Old Testament uh, prophet. The voice said, he said, but that was the prophets of the Old Testament. You have been called to be there in a much higher office than that. He said, you have more gifts besides that. You were called to pray for the sick and to preach the gospel. And in the apostolic form, you know of greater things and many great gifts. So God says, You were not called to be like the Old Testament prophets. You were called. You have the gift of praying for the sick. And you can't pray for the sick when we are out there. God did not partner with Brother Brendan in his cynicism, God rejected the cynicism. Of Brother Brenham. And if he did with William Brenham, so shall he do with us. He will reject our cynicism. Now, listen to what he says in the very same message standing in the gap, paragraph 112. He says, I let the sick lay. I wanted the Lord to tell me where to go and not to. That's wrong. I had built myself a complex because the people didn't hear my message. God forbid that I'll try to compare the life of now like Moses. It's exactly what Moses did. The people wouldn't listen to him. And when he came to deliver them, so he just left them alone and went into the wilderness. But God turned him around and he had long forgotten the suffering of the people. How many times, because of our cynicism, we turn our backs on the very people that God has sent us to help, because we have these imaginary high standards that we think no one can meet them except ourselves. Then we withdraw from the very people that we are meant to serve. And I wonder how many ministers, if Brother Branham could feel in this way, I wonder how many ministers would have felt are feeling exactly the way Brother Branham felt, but. Uh, I want to carry on and look at another aspect of cynicism in the life of William Brenham. The beauty about William Brenham, his life was on display so that we can learn. Brother Brenham, in some cases, says you have to learn from my mistakes. And I think God displayed some of these things. Not that we look down on Brother Brenham, but to be able to say, look, when he acted this way, God acted that way. So if we acted the way He acted, God will act the same way that He acted towards William Brennan because God is not a respecter of a person. But here is another statement. He once said, I doubt if a dozen will make it. It was in this quotation, Straight is the gate. Paragraph 100. He said, You say, preacher, you mean to tell me you doubt a dozen out of these millions and four billion people in the world? I doubt whether there will be a dozen that will make the rapture. Can you, do you understand the gravity of this statement? I doubt if a dozen will make it. This is a man that traveled around the world seven times This is a man in whose meetings thousands upon thousands came. This is a man who had a worldwide ministry. This is a man even after he departed more than 50 years later, his tapes are still going around the world, shaking nations, shaking denominations, shaking systems. But despite the scale of the ministry, he says, I doubt if a dozen will make it. I've heard preachers that preach like him that have repeated this statement with enthusiasm that say, I doubt if a dozen will make it. I find a man is pastoring a thousand church, he's telling that thousand church that I doubt if a dozen will make it. Now that's that's being cynical. And I want to show you what caused a shift of attitude on William Brenham, from cynicism to where he saw a possibility that anyone that is presented with the message has a chance to make it into the rapture. Let's look at that. He says in this message, the rejected king, this is after he came back from beyond the curtain of time, paragraph 169. He says that one visited there, to me, has made a different. Has made me a different man. I can never, never, never be the same, Brother Brenham, that I was. Remember where he said, "I doubt if a dozen will make it." He said it on the 1st of March, 1959. Now, after he had gone beyond the curtain of time on the 15th of May, 1960, check the sequence of events. He says, that one visit there to me has made a different man. Has made me a different man. I can never, never, never be the same brother Brendan, that I was. Whether the planes are rocking, whether the lightning is flashing, whether the spy has a gun on me, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I am going to press the battle by the grace of God. For I have preached the gospel to every creature and every person that I can, persuading them to that beautiful land yonder. Now, in another message, when he explained how it happened beyond the curtain of time, he said, I saw thousands, not a dozen now, I saw thousands coming to me, hugging me. Our precious brother Brenham, our precious brother. And a voice said, "Do you recognize them?" And it says, "No." Says there was a young woman that came to hug me. She was between the age of eighteen and twenty-one. And says, "Do you recognize her?" Says, "No, I don't." Says she was ninety-one when you led her to Christ on earth. Listen to what. He says, these people, he says, later he says, he says, this is your group. says, do you mean this other? Brenham says, no, these are your converts in Christ. Not a dozen, folks. Not a dozen, thousands that came to hug Brother Brenham and say, our precious brother. No wonder he says, I will never ever be the same. And we know those, that famous phrase that has become a blessing to us i saw you there from saying i doubt if a dozen will make it to a man that sees thousands that are his convert he's being told this is your group and paul has got his group in the thousands then he comes he says i'll never be the same his visit beyond the curtain of time eradicated the spirit of cynicism I know people are becoming cynical. I, is there anyone that is going to go into the rapture? Brother, there are people that are going into the rapture. And those people are many. Those people will be there because the word of God will never return to him void. It will accomplish what it was sent for. And he said there will be the bride that will be without a spot or wrinkle. I believe in that 100%. And I believe I'm part of that. And not only me alone, I believe that God in every nation has got a witness that will become part of that bride. The universal members of the bride that make up that bride. The universal members of the body of Christ that make up the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, listen to what Brother Brenham says now. As I work towards the closing. In the message adoption, paragraph 24, he says, But the thing I want to try to get to you is this, that a man that is in Christ with the Holy Ghost can bear with a man when he is wrong. Long-suffering, gentle, patient, he is sweet, humble, faithful, filled with the Spirit, never negative, always positive, he is a different man. That means if a man has made it into Christ, the prophet says such a man who is in Christ with the Holy Ghost can bear with his brother when he is wrong. Brethren, <laughs> here is where many in the message of the hour have failed terribly. How many of us can bear with our brethren when they are wrong? There's so much cynicism in the message of the hour. Even in message churches, among church members, there is cynicism towards each other. Beyond that, assemblies are cynical towards one another, despite being under the same excuse me umbrella of the message of the hour. What cost this? It's a spirit of cynicism. But the prophet says when a man is in Christ with the Holy Ghost, he can bear with a brother when he is wrong. He is sweet, humble, faithful, filled with the spirit, never negative, always positive, always positive, positive about his life, positive about his family, positive about fellow members, positive about even members that are not in his church, fellowship, positive towards pastors, even if those pastors are not his pastor, positive towards everyone because this individual is not in a message church but is in Christ with the Holy Ghost. May God help us, especially in the time where we are living in, especially in a time Where there is cynicism, especially in this time where we've been engulfed by this spiritual disease. Where we are not hopeful of any brother. I think we spend most of the time deducting people or subtracting people from the rapture flight. When you came into the message, maybe it was a a Boeing 747 that had 800 percentages that are going into the rapture. But over a period of time, you are reducing them one by one. This one is not going. And you've got your own reason That one is not going. That one is not going. And it's becoming to a point where it looks like you may end up being the only one that is going into the rapture. And when it is like that, I want to say it to you, You have not deducted people from the rapture flight. You have actually left the rapture flight because of your cynicism. Brother, when you are on the rapture flight, you are looking, is my family here? Is my fellow church members here? Is a brother that is not in our church here? Is a sister that is not in our church here? You want everybody that gave their lives to this message to be on that flight. Because why? You want everybody that you ever loved to be there. If you really have the perfect love. But the spirit of cynicism that we are seeing, the people are drowning in the spirit. And may God deliver us from the spirit of cynicism. And I'm saying if you are cynical, may God deliver you so that you come into Christ with the Holy Ghost. And you are not negative, And you are sweet. And you can bear with your brother when your brother is wrong. God will allow your brother to provoke you and cause an offense. But God wants to check your reaction. Whether you will behave like a man that has entered into Christ with the Holy Spirit. Where you can look at your brother and say despite the offense despite what he has done he's just a poor soul i will not be like a man that said to brother brother, leave him alone he's a rascal i'm gonna go on my knees i'm gonna be have a sense of humility i'm gonna have a sense of sympathy for my brother and i'm gonna persuade him to be able to come to the level where i am I don't want his offense towards me to be something that will make him miss the rapture. People think that when we get on the other side, it's going to be an activity of self-righteousness and say, where is brother so-and-so? Oh, he's not here. I knew it very well that that brother is not going to make it. Where is sister so-and-so? He's not here. I knew that he was not going to make it. Where is church so-and-so? They are not in heaven. We knew that they were not going to make it. If your attitude towards the rapture and towards a fellow believers is in that way, let me tell you something. You are not going into the rapture. I don't care how much you claim to know about the message of the hour. Your attitude is not right. And I say, God, help us to have the perfect love. Not only for those that love us even for those that have mistreated us, even for those that have undermined us, even for those that have tormented us, let us have the desire and pray for them that may God be gracious to them and deliver them. And when we are like that, God will deliver us from the spirit of cynicism as we come to the close and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, We appreciate you for the time that you have granted to us. We appreciate you for your grace and mercy. And dear God, may this broadcast be something that will be of help to your people. And if they have been engulfed by the spirit of cynicism, may you deliver them from the spirit of cynicism. It is our greatest desire, Lord. But when we come to the other side, we all should be there. May we be positive towards our brethren. May we always wish the best for them and may we wish the best about them so that we reflect your attitude towards any man, be it a sinner or a saint. It is our heart's desire as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Until we meet Sunday, we'll have exactly the same broadcast sunday 10 o'clock looking forward to speak to you on sunday 10 o'clock god bless you richly it's the first time we do it in this manner live. and i think it has gone very well and may god richly bless you all the best shalom